This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Amen. Again, thank you so much for worshiping with us, and Happy New Year once again. I do pray that you are excited for a new year ahead of you and uh, what God has in store. I am excited personally, but I'm excited for what God has in store for our church and the ministry and what is going to take place. Don't miss out the next several weeks. I'm going to I'm starting this week, uh, but really the next three weeks we'll start a series entitled Walk in Him, and we'll be touching on a theme for the year. We'll be touching on um, just some goals and vision as to what God has in store for us here at Oasis this year. And so I pray that you will be with us uh, over the next few weeks as well. We have been in Galatians Uh, chapter 5 throughout this Christmas season, uh, looking at Be the Gift, and we conclude this morning, uh, right inside of chapter number 5, we'll conclude the end of that, and uh, the reason that I did it, and I'm doing it this way, is uh, this last few verses really just ties right into where we're going, and so it just kind of made sense to, uh, to do it that way. And so I'm looking forward to uh, this morning and for the rest of this month looking at uh, this thought and this topic here. But in verse number 13 of chapter 5, Paul says this, You have been called unto liberty. If you recall, we looked at that several weeks back. Liberty not to serve yourself or to serve your fleshly desires, but rather uh, we have been called by love to serve one another. If you remember that particular week, that particular sermon, I challenged you, I challenged us that, listen, we've not been called and given liberty, we've not been called for this freedom to God just for like ourselves. We've been called to love Him, and in loving Him, we've been called to do what? Serve one another. The freedoms that we have were not given for us to just have a great time, rather to love God, and in loving God, we would serve and love one another. It says that same exact thing just down uh, a couple verses, or the next verse, it says in 14, so love the Lord, or love thy neighbor as thyself. We continued on in verse 16. In verse 16 in chapter 5, it says this, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts or the desires of your flesh. I mentioned uh, during that time, and and I've mentioned it now the last several weeks, and I, I made this statement, are you running to the fridge or are you running to the Lord? Some of you remember the statement and that thought, but are we, uh, are we going to the fridge? Do we go to the things that we desire, to the things of, uh, of addiction, to the things that we crave? Do we run to the refrigerator because we stress eat? Do we stress shop? Do we do run to those things? When things get tough, do we run to the things that make us comfortable? For some, it's eating because you're stressed. For some, it's going to the mall and spending money because you're stressed. For others, it's, it's going to a substance. It's going to something that has become a crutch to us. It's become an addiction to us. Or whatever that is, that's what we go to. Or do we go to our knees and yield to the Holy Spirit? This morning, I've entitled the sermon, Walk in Freedom. We've been going through the book of Galatians. We've got one chapter left, and we'll hit that uh, in about a month and a half or so. But we've got one chapter left. This whole entire book we've entitled Set Free. 
And as I was studying today and as I'm looking at the thought of set free, uh, it just, everything that I kept thinking through and, and going through just kind of brought those two together, walk in freedom. Again, we have seen that it is the grace of God which gives us salvation. If you've been with us throughout this study, we've talked in depth of what that salvation is. We looked for three weeks. We talked about what exactly justification was. We, we nailed, uh, hopefully, if you've been here, you can at least say, I have, a, I have a pretty clear understanding of what Paul was teaching on salvation and what uh, the others were teaching, the Judaizers were teaching on salvation. Paul kept saying, it is the grace of God. It is not our works. It is not the things that we have to do. It is God's grace that God has given to us, that unmerited favor, something that we do not deserve, but yet he gave it to us anyways. Something that we cannot earn, but yet he loved and gave it to us anyways, the grace of God. The Judaizers were teaching what? You had to come to know Jesus, but... You had to continue to add to what God and what Christ did on the cross. So we needed to look at circumcision. We needed to deal with the laws. We needed to do all those things. So we've looked at that. It's the grace of God which gives us salvation. God's grace poured out on mankind to send his son to die for the sin of all mankind. And as we place faith in him... In the work of the cross, we truly accept that grace that has been offered. We are given an eternal hope, but also a living freedom from the pains of this world. We've talked a lot about all of those things. And today I want to give a very practical sermon to kick off this new year to also, uh, as I said, it'll lead us right into what we're going to look at the next several weeks with some of the vision uh, of Oasis and, and where we are in 2020. And we're talking about walking in the Spirit. We will naturally produce spiritual fruit. We will produce some form of fruit. If you know Christ, you will, you will produce God's God has given all of us spiritual fruit. If you know Jesus as your Savior, it's been given to you. It's not like uh, he, he sprinkles this and he sprinkles that. No, he's given it to you. How it comes out of us is based on our uh, passion and desire to grow in him, if that makes sense. So there will be something that comes of us regardless. For some, it will be the fruit of the Spirit, as, as we pour that out for others, it may not be because we have allowed the, the flesh to, to lead us and to guide us. The Word again says in 16, walk in the Spirit and we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Those lusts are spelled out in 19 through 21, some of those. God's plan, His entire plan for you and I as a believer, as I stated several weeks back, is right there. Walk in the Spirit. I want to live the abundant life, walk in the Spirit. I want, to, I want to abide in Christ, walk in the Spirit. All of these things go back to the same thing, that we would walk in Him. That we would rest in Him. Our reality in life is that there will be growth. But what does that look like? I've talked a lot about grace throughout this whole entire study. But as we dive into all of these things and we tap into the grace and the goodness of God, it's still just like everything else. I still have to put forth the effort. I have four children. They're all perfect angels. 
all the time. And none of you believe me. But you know, for me to raise my children, it takes effort. My kids will not become successful adults just because they were born and raised in my home. It just doesn't happen. Maybe it happens in your home. I don't know. Maybe you're the super special one. But it just doesn't happen. We can't just have a child, we go to work, we do our thing, and all of a sudden they're 21, they're 25, they've been married, they're now starting their own family, and they're just great children, and they're now great adults. It doesn't work like that. It's time. What happens if every time your child cries, you give it something, what they need? What happens when they're five? What are they still going to want? what you, whatever that thing is. They're still going to cry, and then you're going to help it by what? Oh, here you go. This is what you wanted. And then when they're 15, they're going to cry, and then you're going to go, oh, here you go, because that's what you wanted. And then when they're 18, they're going to cry, and you're going to go, oh, here you go, because that's what they wanted. You've now produced a good child. No. We all would answer that. Well, no, that's silly. But it takes effort to do that. It takes effort for me and my wife to have a healthy marriage. As wonderful as I am, it just doesn't work perfectly. It takes effort. Because we have to work together to make that marriage happen. I don't know what that was, but somebody was going in there. It takes effort. You know, in our Christian walk, it takes effort. I have to dive into the Word. I have to spend time. I have to do that. To walk in freedom is real, but it takes effort and diligence from each and every one of us. We can have peace and joy and patience and gentleness and goodness and so on. But it doesn't just happen as we just idly sit by. The abundant life is within us if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. However, however, I don't know, I hope this illustration will make sense. So many times we live our lives with, in the, like I'm a believer, I have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, but yet I live my life with unpaid bills, a beat up car, all the while I live on a property that has multi-million dollars worth of oil right underneath of me. Why would I live with beat up cars, if, I'm, if I have this oil well that's just producing oil and making millions and millions and millions of dollars, why am I trying to figure out how to pay my bills, but yet I have a, 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 literally a cash machine underneath of my, my house? Why do I live that way? We have a cash machine, if you will, inside of us. If you know Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit that, that we just have to tap into. See, if we never tap into the oil well that's sitting underneath and in your property, financially, you will always be pulling out your hair going, why can't I catch up on anything? And When you have this, spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. I hope that makes sense. We We have everything that we need, but yet we're fighting to pay the bills. You know one of the most miserable places to be is if you're behind in your finances? 
It's no fun to try to play catch up with the bank. It's no fun to try to play catch up with the credit card. It's no fun to do those things. It is a constant ball of snow that is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it consumes you. Life does the same exact thing. It will consume us. But we have all the money that we need in all of the world resting right inside of us. Does that make sense? We just have to tap into it. We have, to, we have to apply ourselves. We have to dedicate ourselves to all of these things. And so this morning, and as we dive into the rest of this year, let's walk in freedom. And let's tap into what God has given to us here within this passage of Scripture. Galatians chapter 5 is where we'll be. We're going to finish out verse 24 through the rest of the chapter And it says this in Galatians chapter 5, 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Father God, I come to you this morning and Lord, I just ask that you would take over the service. Lord, that you would... Uh, speak to those that sit here, that the, you would speak to the hearts of those, that we would just uh, truly desire to, to tap into what you have given us. Lord, your Holy Spirit is in us. Your Holy Spirit dwells within us. Would we, would we just be obedient? Would we tap into that? And God, for some, there may be uh, some that sit in this room today that have never came to a place of understanding the grace of God. They've never come to a place of surrender to you. And Lord, may today be the day that they would understand what that is and and that they would seek after you in that manner. Father, just go before us now. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. I've got two simple points this morning. The first is this. To walk in freedom is to have crucified the flesh. To walk in freedom is to have crucified the flesh. We've hit on this throughout this study, but there were different points of view being taught uh, on right and our right standing before God. Again, our right standing before God when we come before God. How is it that the question might be asked, how do I get into heaven? But how do I stand? How do I, have, how do I stand righteously before God? At the end of the day, for all people that ever walk the face of the earth, they, never, they may never say that as they live, but the reality is you want to be all right when you're done, right? We all want to, oh, I hope that I'm okay in the end. I, I think I'll be all right. I've done enough good things. We do all of these things. And in this passage, there was a lot of different teachings. And we've hit on that. One said God plus all of these other things. The other was God and God only. To truly walk in freedom, we must have this nailed down. Has the flesh been crucified? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is that all of us have failed him. All of us have fallen short of hitting the mark and therefore our flesh needs to be crucified because our sin must be di- must die. This is a statement that Paul uses really to gain attention. He's wanting to catch their attention because the word crucified means one thing and one thing only. What would it mean? Death. It's execution. 
Nowhere, especially in that time of the world, at that time and age, and in that part of the, the world, crucifixion was, was one thing. It was execution. It was death. That was it. There are several places in Scripture that the word crucifixion is used throughout the New Testament. Always uh, is it mentioned of the cross and for the sin of mankind. However, there's about four spots that touch on it in a different realm, and this is one of those. But they all in, in some way work together. Romans 6, 6, our old self was, we were crucified with Christ. Galatians 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, we'll look at this in several weeks, but it says the world has been crucified to me. All of these are a dramatic or a vivid way of saying killed or execution. Our old man was killed. Our old man was executed. The first two say that at salvation, our old, sinful, unregenerate self was executed at the cross. And when we come to place faith in him, it says what? That we would be born again. We have been given a new life. We just sung a song. There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. In Galatians 6, it says we'll get there, uh, again, we'll get there in a couple weeks, but it says that The world has been executed or put to death and is now, it's dead to him. It is no longer the master holding someone or holding him in bondage. He is now free to serve the Lord. Paul says, my flesh has been executed. My flesh has been executed. But what did it say just previous before that? What does it say about our flesh before that? What are we doing with our flesh? I'm glad that you guys have listened and paid such close attention. What does the book of Galatians say about our flesh? What are we doing with our flesh? Okay, before that. Wrestling, war. We are at war with our flesh, right? Remember, this was a few weeks ago. I know it's been Christmas and a lot of cookies. But it says that we were at war with our flesh. We would battle our flesh. But yet here it says that our flesh has been crucified. But yet the flesh is alive and we battle that remnant. When Christ died, he paid the penalty for our sin. He broke the power of sin. Sin no longer has control over a believer. We are no longer helpless and without a hope of change. The Bible speaks that when Christ died, he died and broke the penalty that when Christ uh, and power of sin. We are now indwelt by the power of God. Romans 6 says that we reckon ourselves dead to sin, alive to Jesus. Our sin is no longer the controller and master. You have been cut off. It will not be your master. The power of sin has been crushed. If you have your Bible, I want you to go to Romans 6 with me. I'm going to read a a good chunk of Scripture out of Romans chapter 6 before we jump into our, our second thought this morning. But I want, you to, I want you to stop and maybe whether you read it, it's on the screen, or you just listen. But I want you to stop and, and think of, of all of the things that we've been talking, the freedoms that we have been given in Christ, what it is, what's that grace of God, salvation. And I want you to read along with me, but it says this in Romans 6, verse number 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2, God forbid... How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? 
Know ye not? Do you not know that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, what does it say, is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, put to death, crucified. Remember, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead, why would we be dead? Because we've been crucified. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. This is that flesh, that battle that we've been talking about. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves, what does it say? Unto God, walking in the Spirit. Remember, we've been talking about this. And as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. I would ask you this question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Because that at the end of the day and really that's that's one of the most vital questions because so many believers live a life and we face so many different things and we battle all of these things but yet we would say oh i believe that my i've been crucified with christ if i've been crucified with christ then there is great freedom there is great joy there is so many things that are right at your fingertips but yet we allow sin to control We constantly go back to the fridge, open it up, and grab all of the stuff out of it as opposed to bowing before God and saying, God, I don't know what to do. And therefore, instead of walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, we don't walk in the Spirit and and we just, we give in to the lusts of the flesh. I'm not saying any of this today to be a discouragement. I hope this is an encouragement. But as we look at this passage of Scripture, if just in Romans 6, if we look at that, we have great hope. What did, it, what did it say? For sin shall not have dominion over you. Ye are not under the law, for you're under grace. Sin should not encompass us any longer because it doesn't have to because God has killed all that we have been our flesh has been crucified this is vital to our walk with him that we would walk in the spirit and I get I can stand here and scream and shout and get excited I could cry I could sweat I could do all of these things to encourage you 
At the end of the day, we all have to walk out of those doors and we have to face it. And it's not, I'm not standing up here being like, listen guys, you're, you just don't get it. Therefore, you're just going to continue to go back to sin. No, it's a constant, every day, every moment battle. We war within ourselves. The remnant of the flesh is still there. But I say all that because we can have victory because we have victory in him. But do we live in such a manner that we allow sin to control us? Do you know why I believe sometimes we allow sin to control us? Because sometimes it's just easier. Like here we are, it's New Year's, we all have New Year's resolutions. Somebody asked me the other day, so what's a New Year's resolution? I don't know that I'm a big New Year's resolution guy. But what's a New Year's resolution? I'm like, well, I don't know. I have a few things that I want to do. There's some things within our home that I want to change up with our family. There's things that I am desiring to do. Personally, physically, there's some things I would like to do. Will I do it? I don't know. I don't know if I want to quit drinking Coca-Cola enough to quit drinking Coca-Cola. But do you know physically for my body, I need to? The doctor several months ago told me you should probably stop doing that. You should probably stop eating so much red meat. You should probably stop because my cholesterol was higher than it should be for somebody that is my age. Do you know I did really good for a a while? And then I went back to the doctor and the doctor said, well, what did you do? Those numbers are really good. I said, this is what I did, exactly what you told me to do. Awesome. Do you know what I haven't done since I left? But here's the reality. What is it? Do I want to? I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what helps me. I know that if I drink a Coca-Cola after dinner, I'm not going to sleep as well as if I don't. But do you know what I like? I like an ice cold Coca-Cola as I'm sitting watching TV after I put the kids to bed. Because it's, I like it. Period. I like it. You know what? There's other things that we do that's sin related that is the same exact way. Instead of me fighting the headache for two days, I'm just going to do it. Because it's easier. It's easier. Listen, this month the gym is going to be slam busy. I promise you in February it's going to go back to the same way that it was prior to the holiday season. I've been going to the gym for many years, and it's the same thing every January. It's exactly the same. Because after a while, it's like, well, I mean, I, I just want to sleep in today. Spiritually speaking, we don't have the luxury of just sleeping in today. It will kill you. Because that's what sin does. It destroys, Right? I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, but I'm hopefully I'll encourage you. This last point is more encouraging, but I'll encourage you in the thought that we don't have to do that. I don't have to put my head on the bed at night and go, oh, God, I don't ever want to do that again. I'm miserable because I know better. But so many times we do and we accept it. 
And so I ask you the question, do you believe today what God's word says? Romans chapter 6, maybe this ought to be your challenge. Read Romans chapter 6 every day for the next week, for the next month, until you grasp it in your head that this is who I am. This isn't something that I could become. This is what has been done for me. I've been crucified. These are all things that have been, this is you. If you were a believer, that is you. Because the ultimate question would be, and maybe it's callous in some ways, but how long will it take for us to say I'm sick and tired of dealing with it until we actually deal with it? Have you ever just, I'm, I'm done. Right? What do we say? I've hit rock bottom, right? Well, what that, how long does it take to hit rock bottom? What does the rock bottom look like? And I'm not saying that you'll lose your family. I'm not saying that everything else is going to be horrible. You may have a great life. You may have an incredible family. You might have a great job. You might have all those. But spiritually, you're dying inside, and you're not as happy as you ought to be. But yet, we've been crucified because we know Christ is Savior. To walk in freedom is to have, been, to have crucified the flesh. This morning, I just want you to be reminded that that is, you, you can get beyond that because God's word says so. And then the last thought is this. To walk in freedom is to walk in the word. If we look at that passage in, in chapter 5, we see as, uh, in verse number 24, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh, which we just talked about with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory. I'm not going to pour a lot of time into that verse number 26. But in Colossians chapter 3, I guess you would say it's kind of a sister passage of this, of Galatians. Um, it'd be a couple books over, but in Colossians chapter 3, you begin to see some of these same exact things being said. It says to put on holy and beloved bowels of mercy. It speaks of putting on kindness and humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Put on charity. Do those sound familiar out of Galatians? Very similar. Then it goes on in 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. As we look at this passage of Scripture in Colossians chapter 3, and I apologize it's not on the screen. That is my fault. I forgot to highlight it to have it done. But it says what? Let us, or let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Listen, we, we, we desire, we speak of the abundant life. We talk of walking in the Spirit. We talk of the fruit of the spirits. We talk of all of those things. We, we desire that. I, I don't think that there's a person in this room that would say, oh, I really don't want any of that, but I'm all right. Uh, I, I think I'm going to heaven. We're good. You're here for a reason. But it doesn't just happen. Listen, something will grow in your life. What will grow will be what you feed yourself. So what comes in goes out. 
my physical body, right? What goes in impacts the physical inside and it will come out. Whether that's cholesterol or blah, 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 blah. Right? I don't stay an incredible physical specimen by gorging myself every day, all day. There's some form of discipline with that. Now, some people are more blessed with their genes and the genetic makeup. I understand that. But the reality is, it takes effort. And so as we look at this, to walk in freedom is to walk in the Word. Do you want freedom in your life? I'm going to say most everybody in here, nobody said yes, but I'm going to say everybody would want to walk in freedom. Nobody wants to be bound. Nobody wants to be a slave to sin. If we truly grasp a hold of it, Here's, here, this is a statement that I just I loved in reading it. Walking in the Spirit isn't an emotional experience. It is a daily experience of feeding on the Word of God, genuine prayer, and striving to live a life of obedience to the Holy Spirit. It is not an experience that takes place today. Many of you are going to walk out today and be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And you're going to walk out of the door and for the next two weeks you're going to read your Bible and you're going to do this thing and you're going to do that thing. And then in three weeks it's going to be back to the way that it was. Why? Because it was an experience that you are saying that you can control. It's not. It's an everyday decision that we make as we say, God, today I'm yielding to your spirit. God, this moment, I'm yielding to your spirit. God, this afternoon, I'm yielding to your spirit. God at lunch, God at dinner, God in between, God at the office, wherever it is, I am yielding to your spirit. Because I don't want to go back to that any longer. But I know my flesh, what? My flesh will. I have no doubt in my mind that if I'm not feasting on the word of God, I know exactly where I'll be. So as we look at this, if we grasp a hold of this, again, how do we experience it? It's daily feasting on Him. This passage in Colossians says it so incredible. Put on, therefore, in verse number 12. Put on, therefore. I'm going I'm to put it on. I'm going to wear it. And in verse number 16, where we'll spend just a moment, let the word of Christ what does it say? Dwell. Man, what does that word dwell mean? It's live. It's home. You, dwell, you have a dwelling place. Let the word of God, almost, let the word of God dwell in you. Hey, how comfortable is the Holy Spirit inside of you? It's kind of a, it's one of those things. But the word of God his desires that, that let the word of God dwell in me, rest in me, be at home, find peace and comfort and rest inside of you. That is God's revelation to the world. To dwell right inside of me. The fruit of the Spirit flows from where? <laughs> All of that. 
my life as I walk in him. It's all of these things. It's the thing that we desire. But I've got to, the, the word of God has to dwell in me. Has the word of God taken residency in your life? It goes on to say this, that it would dwell in you, what is the next word? Richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That is abundantly, extravagantly. The truths of God's word should permeate every area of our lives, governing our lives, governing our actions and our words and our deeds. How does that happen? It happens as we read the word of God. Matthew speaks of it that we have ears to hear. All throughout scripture, that's being in church and hearing it. That's uh, studying it ourselves in 2 Timothy. That's uh, Psalms 119, what? That we would hide God's word in our heart. Philippians speaks of it. Hold forth the word in our hearts. Philippians 2, uh, or I'm sorry, hold forth the word of God in in our life that I may rejoice. And in order to do those things, what do we have to have? We have to have it in us. We have to study it and walk in it. Listen, I would ask you this. Going into 2020, I ask you the question. What is the desire? Are you willing to allow the word of God to dwell richly in you that you might walk in freedom? You say, well, that just sounds so easy. It's really not that easy, but it's that easy. The hard part is we have to battle our flesh. But the simple reality is God said, "Um, I've kind of got this, and I'm giving it to you. And if you just feast on this, You'll be all right. All of 2019, everything that we focused on was to know God. That we would know Him. This year as we dive in and we begin this year, one, that will never stop because that has to constantly be a part of our lives is walking and knowing the Lord. But I ask you, will you... Would you walk in him? Would you walk in freedom? By saying, God, I, I have some greater understanding. I'm sensing this, or I, I've, I've been a part of this, but I, I'm going to trust. I'm going to have faith that I don't have to live that lifestyle any longer because it's been crucified. And I don't know how I'm going to not do it, but I'm going to do it. And if that means I have to get accountability from somebody inside of the room, if that means I have to go over here, and if I have to do this thing, and if I have to do that thing, I'm going to do it. Why? Because I know that that's what God would have for me. Because that's what God wants, is that my heart, that the word of God would dwell richly in me, that it would abundantly then flow out of me, that we would walk in freedom That we would walk in the Spirit. 
that the fruit of the Spirit would just flow out of us because why? We love Him, and as we love Him, we will love and serve others, and we will have the freedom of doing it. There is no greater joy than loving and serving God. And boy, is it freeing to say, God, here it is. It hurts. It can be very hard. But that's what this is for. It's to get a shot in the arm, to give you some encouragement, to give you that boost of encouragement. It's to sit next to somebody that, that says, hey, how are you doing? How was your week? Hey, can I ask you, how was, it, how was your time in the Word this last week? How's your family doing? How's your relationship with your wife doing? That's what this is for, which encourages all of that, which draws me back to my knees, which draws me back to the Word of God, which helps the cycle that I would constantly stay walking in the Spirit of Him. Why is it vital to be in church? I know many people just say, well, they just want cool numbers. No, it's not. The numbers mean nothing if your family is falling apart because you have no word of God in your home. This is a place that many of you would ask me, hey, how is your relationship with your wife? How are your kids doing? How are things going? This is where accountability happens. This is where the shot in the arm takes place to push us and move us forward to growth. So this morning, to walk in freedom starts at our flesh being crucified in salvation. I look out and I would say, just about everybody that I see would probably say, yes, I know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Maybe this morning you would say, Pastor, I, I know of those things, but I've never made it personal to me that I have said, yes, God Come and be the Lord of my life. Most of you would say, Pastor, I, I know Christ. I, I know that my flesh has been crucified. But I'm going to ask you this question one again, once again. Do you believe that God can live righteousness in and through your life? Do you believe that? If you say yes, then I would follow that up with, then act on it. Live it. Trust that. And when it gets tough, don't go to the fridge, fall upon your knees. When it gets tough and you can't fall to your knees, pick up the phone and call the person that's beside you that loves you, that wants to see you succeed and wants to see your walk with God grow. Don't do it by yourself. Deal with it. Face it. I, I don't know the best way to end other than I, I just truly believe that this is such, I don't know, this book has been powerful in my life personally. I pray it's been for you. But as we get into this latter part of this book where it's just application and all that application goes right back to one thing, yielding to the Spirit and walking in Him. Every person in this room that knows Jesus Christ has victory in him, but can have it every single day. Don't leave here thinking in the back of your mind, well, 
I said yes to God one day and I have eternal salvation. Yes, that's awesome. (laughs) But he's also given you a, a way that you can live every day with peace and joy and comfort and happiness in him. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.